This is Need to Know. I'm Allison Beer. So today we're talking about the House and the Senate's discussions on how to allocate money for higher education for fiscal year 2020, otherwise known as the appropriations process. So today Jennifer and I are going to talk about the proposals that have put on the table so far and kind of where Congress is in this process right now and where they're heading. So Jennifer, just to start, there are two words that get used kind of interchangeably but mean different things, budget and appropriations. Can you discuss the difference between these two things? Sure. And that's a great starting point, Allison. Thanks for asking that. Um, When we talk about budget and appropriations, as you mentioned, people often use these terms interchangeably, and, and they aren't so. Um, When you look at Congress overall, you have a a Congressional Budget Committee and you have a Committee on Appropriations as well. So to think about the differences of the two, the budget process generally comes first. Um, The budget is often a bit more of a political document. You'll see a lot of wish list items that may be within it for a particular party. Um, One of the budgets that you may see is the budget that comes from the president. Uh, This was a document that was released in March of this year. Uh, Certainly within that, you see a lot of policy proposals that that match priorities of the party that that put out that document. Um, However, everything that's in the budget document, other than the top-line funding number, is just more of a suggestion, more of something of the direction that uh, the committee or the president would like to see Congress go. Once the budget process establishes that top line number, the very top number that all the subcommittees have to adhere by, uh, then the appropriators take over. The appropriators decide where programmatic funding goes. So when you talk about the Pell Grant program, when you talk about supplemental educational opportunity grants, funding for Hispanic serving institutions, all of that is decided by the yearly appropriations process and by appropriators did a podcast on uh, the budget, specifically talking about the president's budget, which is a lot of wish list items that the administration wants to see. Where are we now in the budget process in terms of what the president put out and now what Congress is discussing? So, you know, we can talk about what the standard is and what should occur procedurally. However, what should occur and what actually occurs in Congress tend to be wildly different things over the past decade or so. So what should occur is that the president releases his budget in February, and then Congress also does their budget by April 15th. Um, I'm sure there's a period of time where Congress has actually completed a budget by April 15th, but this year is certainly not one of them. Sometimes you'll see each chamber introduce a different budget. The House might have a separate budget than the Senate. In the end, they just have to come to basically the same agreement on numbers overall. So right now, the situation that we're under, in in 2011, Congress passed something called the Budget Control Act. Uh, They did this because year after year, we saw the overall deficit increasing greatly. Um, It was a point in time where Republicans had taken over the House, um, and under the leadership of Paul Ryan, who at the time was the, the Budget Committee chair, they undertook different budgetary measures to make a lot of spending cuts to bring down discretionary spending overall. When they did this, what they did is they they set forth a 10-year budget plan whereby caps would be put into place. Congress has to abide by these caps and appropriators have to abide by these caps unless some type of legislation is passed that waives that for them. So basically, 
Ever since the Budget Control Act passed in 2011, Congress has waived those caps. Otherwise, we would see massive funding cuts year to year. Uh, for example, on the non-defense discretionary side, you would see a $55 billion cut to funding overall. And, and what would happen is it would be an 11% across the board cut for numerous programs if Congress did not waive the budgetary caps that were established in 2011. So we're operating in this space now where um, House appropriators have put out a bill, but we don't yet know what their budget caps are. Um, can Let's talk a little bit about what's in this bill and the likelihood for the funding proposals that we're seeing so far. So right now we're in a situation where we've seen the president's budget come out and now a, a bill from House Appropriations Committee that, that largely just ignores those budgetary caps that we just talked about. I mean, the president's budget far exceeded it for defense. We're operating in a space where there's an assumption that there is going to be a budgetary deal at some point in time. When you look at the House Appropriations Bill for Labor, Health and Human Services, and Education, which is all lumped together under one subcommittee, uh, you see an increase in funding levels. Um, the bill overall sees an increase of an $11.7 billion um, for the three agencies. And, and for the Department of Education alone, you see a $4.4 billion increase. Compared to last year's appropriations levels in 2019, that, that's a 6% increase, which is, is pretty decent overall. What are some um, notable program increases that are in the House Appropriations Bill? So pretty much every program that you can think of that's a priority for community colleges saw an increase under the bill. We saw some big increases for campus-based aid, for example. The Federal Supplemental Educational Opportunity Grant Program, also known as SEOG, that saw a $188 million increase. Federal Work Study saw a $304 million increase. We saw some large increases for programs um, that are minority-serving institutions. Uh, for example, Hispanic-serving institutions received a $44 million increase. Um, additionally, we saw some pretty large increases for TRIO, Gear Up, um, the Child Care Access Means Parents and School Program saw an additional $10 million under the bill. Also notably, the Pell Grant Program, which is always a top priority for community colleges. Um, the bill proposes a $150 increase to the maximum award for the 2020-2021 school year. That would bring the overall maximum to $6,345 for that academic year. And are there any new programs in the House Appropriations Bill? Yes, and this is a big one for community colleges, actually. We saw proposed funding for a new program, um, which would be called the Strengthening Community College Training Grants Program. And what this basically is, is it would be a successor to the TACT program, which is the TAA Community College and Career Training Grant Program. Uh, for folks that remember that program, it was $2 billion over a four-year period whereby community colleges who were interested in scaling up new programs that met in-demand business needs, industry needs, um, were able to utilize this funding in order to build capacity. So as described under the Appropriations Bill, this would be administered by the Department of Labor. Um, it would fall under some existing programmatic funding within that, and it appears to be very similar to what we saw under the TACT program. So it's probably not surprising to a lot of people 
that House um, Democrats are proposing large spending increases and new programs that would benefit community colleges. What um, can we expect to see from the Senate in response to the House bill? Certainly, we'd like to see a lot of these funding increases that were in the House bill carried over within the Senate bill. Um, Obviously, you have different party leadership over there. However, a lot of the priorities that we did see in the House bill have a lot of bipartisan appeal. I mean, certainly we've seen an increase to the Pell Grant maximum under Republican leadership in the Senate. Um, We saw year-round Pell reinstated under Republican leadership in the Senate as well. So I think a lot of it's going to depend on what the top-line funding number is for the subcommittee within that. But as we go into the summer, I think that we're going to ask our, our trustees and other community college leaders to really be talking about Um, important areas where funding could be increased. The appropriations process can ultimately be impacted by the budget deal, which we're still waiting on. Can the appropriations process also be impacted by the Higher Education Act reauthorization? So that's an interesting question. Um, I would say the answer is yes and no. Uh, Certainly, when ACCT looks at how we want to pursue our appropriations priorities for the upcoming fiscal year. Um, You can either do straight programmatic funding requests or you can do more language-based requests within the bill. This year, knowing that there's a Higher Education Act bill moving, um, we opted to do just more programmatic funding requests as opposed to sort of any new language overall. If a bill were to be enacted, a new Higher Education Act bill, say at the end of the year, it wouldn't really impact funding levels for fiscal year 2020, but certainly 2021 and beyond it would. For more details on the appropriations numbers and amounts of various programs, all of those came out in our law alerts. So folks can go to our NOW website, which is now.acct.org, and look at the latest law alerts for all the programmatic funding levels. So a lot of moving pieces. Um, Thank you, Jennifer, for breaking that all down. Just to recap, we're in the middle of appropriations, but still, can be impacted by the budget and maybe HEA down the line. So ACCT will continue to keep everyone updated through our podcast, law alerts, and blog posts on where the Congress is moving on higher education funding.